0: Hey, hello. Uh, just gonna give you a quick little introduction to this program today. We're gonna be talking about um, wrestling, WrestleMania three,
1: yeah, <laughs> two
0: matches in particular. Um, gonna talk about the old uh, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Intercontinental Championship, and then also. The Hulkster versus Andre the Giant for the world's heavyweight champion. They used to call it that. They used to say the world's wow. heavyweight championship. Now they say the world heavyweight championship.
1: I like worlds better. It like, sounds it a little the more...
0: world's This yeah. is the
1: world's title. Yeah. And the world is going to give <laughs> you the
0: title. Yeah. You will earn the right to be the world's heavyweight champion. From, like of all of earth. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that now it's sound
0: way cooler. Now it's just the world heavyweight championship, F- floppy little belt, around. floppy little dick belt. <laughs> so that's yeah. We get into that. Talk about like the difference between the wrestling of old and the wrestling today. The wrestling the, as viewed by a casual fan or yeah. an up and
1: coming fan
0: versus yeah. a seasoned veteran. Mm-hmm. So. Good, a good discussion on the world of wrestling. Yeah, I think I held my own a little. You did, you did, even pulling out some some insider terms. <laughs> yeah, face and heel. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only ones I know. You you did say push in reference to Roman Reigns getting pushed as a face. That's a big that's a big insider term <laughs> for, for a guy who claims to not be a fan. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you're you're picking up on it. Right on. So. Um, and then you describe what sounds like a lovely, lovely movie. Yeah, uh,
1: we at the after we talk about wrestling, we just catch up on a little movie stuff and uh, more. More like I catch Nick up on some of the stuff I've been watching. So I watched uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's *The Holy Mountain*, and then uh,
0: Harmony Korine's *Spring Breakers*. It's a good, uh, the Holy Mountain, be a nice bedtime story. So if you're getting ready to nod off yeah. soon, uh, go to that part and you can just let Bender tell you the story of this the movie. Holy Mountain. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. Listen to that part.
1: And if you don't, for whatever reason, like, I don't even know if you, the Holy Mountain is like hard to find. Like Aria is one lucky duck cause she has it on Blu-ray mm. But it's pretty much because she bought it from a dude's personal collection that, like, worked at Buybacks. Yeah. And he, like, or not, it was Disc Exchange. Oh, okay. And he, like, brought his personal collection to sell at the shop. Rest in peace, Disc Exchange. For fucking real. I don't, I don't even know what happened. Place I called awesome. up there,
0: and it was like, this number is no longer in service. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I went to their Facebook page. This was, like, last month. And then I saw it was, like... At the end of March, we were going out of business. It was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's I a know. It's bummer, man. See, that, that place was awesome. Yeah. Also, rest in peace to Chris Cornell. Yeah, that just was, happened today. That was shitty, too. Mm-hmm. I read about that, like, really late before I went to bed. It's like, you see that fucking... It sucks. You look over and see someone's name trending, and it's like, fuck no. Yeah. Come on, and then, Yeah. I heard it was, was it suicide? Yeah, he hung himself. Fuck. it's like, I know the old George Carlin bit where he was like, you know, everyone always talks about when someone dies, you're like, well, I just, (laughs) I just saw him last week, you know, and it's like, well, most people are seen by someone last week, the week before they die, you know, it happens. But no, I was, I saw that he had posted like just from outside the marquee. He took, like, a picture and posted on Twitter where Soundgarden was playing last night, and then apparently they did, like, a full set and came out for an encore, and it was, like, great, and then just, he went to his hotel and killed himself. Jesus fucking Christ. So. That's crazy. <coughs> yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not the biggest Soundgarden slash Audio Slave fan, but, like, damn, the songs, like, the big songs, you yeah. know, they're Good. Oh, I know. Fuck. And his voice was amazing. Yeah,
0: definitely one of the iconic like rock vocalists oh, of yeah. all time. Yeah, definitely. Even if you're not a huge fan of, you know, what he did through. Yeah, his like career, I didn't feel like, compelled to
1: like post about how sad I am. Yeah, you know, because like, like it sucks that somebody has passed away, but I'm, yeah. I'm not going to pretend to be like a huge fan or anything. No. But I very much enjoy. The songs that I've heard and appreciate his contribution to music.
0: Yeah. So, sad day there, and, you know, rest in peace and all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, take care of yourself mentally, however you need to. Yep. So, good to remember that. When something like that happens. At least take away you get, remind you to, uh, you know, you're struggling? Get help or help yourself. Whatever you got to do. Don't do that, please. Yeah. Uh, okay. On a happier note. A happier
1: note. And to wrap up this rather long intro that we said was going to be short, uh, make sure to check us out all over the internet
0: because we are literally everywhere, pretty much, except for LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a LinkedIn account, but I just. I kept seeing the fucking emails, and I just unsubscribed yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because every day I would see, like, new contact suggestion for LinkedIn. No, 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 no. no, no. So I, I finally found that unsubscribe uh-huh. the email. That always it's always hidden at the very yeah. bottom.
1: But uh, you can find us on Facebook, slash SuperDivorce, uh, Instagrams Doc... Instagram.com <laughs> Instagram slash Super Divorce Band at Super Divorce Band whatever it's late it's not really that late um, Snapchat Super Divorce Twitter Super Divorce uh, make sure to head over to our website SuperDivorceMe.com check it out is the preview that you posted on Facebook on the website too?
0: yeah yep we yep. have a, a brand new teaser snippet
1: Clip Yeah, it. a little teaser snippet clip it on the website that you can check out. Just a couple seconds of a new, new song. A I, demo version of a new song. Demo version of a new song. Yeah, yeah, We haven't recorded yet. No. I got thoughts on that song, though. Mm. <laughs> um, Like, good, good okay. thoughts. Like, okay. enhancement thoughts. Okay, that sounded like you were pissed off. I fucking I hate got those. Got some fucking thoughts no, on no, that. No, no, no. Like, I have, yeah. like, references yeah. for that song. Good, good. Um... Also, add your email to our mailing list and
0: we won't spam you. But you will get a free song, a free yes. demo yeah. that has been upgraded to the demo that I first played for you back. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought that would be good. Giving out that one. Since we good one. Since we're into the teaser clips now. Yeah. It's a damn good
1: one. Yeah. Um, to follow me... On social media, you can look me up on Facebook if you search Zach Bender. I don't know. If we have mutual friends, you'll fucking find me. And uh, follow me on Instagram, at BenderBud. That's it. Yep. I'm not you did doing it. it. I'm not doing you it. You did it. <laughs> and if My wanna...
0: Snapchat was lit the other day, but yeah. I'm still not going to plug it. Okay. Well. Because it's not an everyday thing. It might be like, uh, that's like insider shit now. Yeah. You have to go back and listen to old episodes Mm -hmm. to find out where else you can follow Bender on social media. Yep. And for me, um, just look me up at Nicholas Villars wherever you go. And. Am I on that form of social media? I don't know. (laughs) 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 Look up Nicholas Villars. See what happens. (laughs) It's a fun game. Um, And I guess that's about it for the intro, eh? Yep, so uh,
1: here's the podcast. Enjoy, Chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce.
0: Hello, Chefs. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast, and today we're going to... Be talking a little bit, at least, about a couple wrestling matches we just watched. Yeah, some old wrestling matches,
1: you know, because we we love to bring you the the '80s stuff. So we just got we
0: just watched two matches from WrestleMania three, and the match we just finished was the main event. Of course, that was the Hulkster versus Andre the Giant, and then the one we watched before that was uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus. Macho Man Randy Savage. So, yes, the uh, the Savage Steamboat match was for the Intercontinental Championship, and then the main event was for the World Heavyweight Championship. Right. So, yeah. I thought it would be fun to, uh, uh, if I had approached Bender with the idea, because they're two historic matches, but for very different reasons, uh, and I thought it would be interesting to get his take as. Um, more of a casual observer of the wrestling world. Yeah. And also your mom is a huge Steam fan. fan. So <laughs> it's got relevance in that respect too. It does, yeah. Yeah.
1: My mom my mom's I, I, she's I mean, she grew up with three brothers. She's the youngest by like uh I don't I don't know how many years. I know her sister is like twelve years older than she is. So my mom was the surprise. Mm-hmm. So she grew up with three brothers. So they all, you know, loved wrestling and stuff. I think, but uh, yeah, she's always. Anytime wrestling has been brought up in any capacity, because um, my cousin is really big into wrestling. Anytime it's ever brought up, my mom, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, is her go-to. Mm-hmm. Like, her her go-to contribution to the conversation.
0: His son was wrestling for a while, really, and then he got injured and had to retire. Wow. Oh, just really? like a few years ago. Really, it was looking like he was going to be like a a big prospect, and then unfortunate injury happened. But um, anyway, if you're not familiar with these two matches, you can check them out if you uh, go online. I don't know if you're a big wrestling fan or not, or maybe you used to be. We watched them with the assistance of the wwe network which you can subscribe to for only $9.99 a month yeah and uh and you've got access to like every pay-per-view ever so it's pretty cool so we're able to to go back and check these out and the steamboat savage match was kind of known or well it became known as like a very great technical match and very high pace and high energy and then of course the hogan andre the giant match was like this you know, it was uh, controversial because Hogan and Andre the Giant had been friends for years, and then Andre came out of the woodwork requesting a title match at WrestleMania, and um, its match style was much more like plotting and yeah, lots of rest holds. You know, yeah,
1: and, and when I mean they're both they're both big guys too. Yeah, like it was saying well, Andre is like seven.
0: 7'3 or something? or They build him at 7'5. I think he was closer to, like, right at 7'1 seven, seven, right or something like that. Yeah.
1: But then, Hogan, they say, again, I guess, they say he's 6'8.
0: Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure he's closer to, like, 6'6 six, six or something like that. Still, both very yeah.
1: tall dudes, very large dudes compared to, like, you know, anyone else that they're going to be around yeah. during the match. So... Like, my whole first impression of the match, especially when they were in that, like, hour-long submission hold. The bear hug. The bear hug hold, which was, like, you know, how that goes. But especially during that, uh, and the referee is, like, buzzing around them like a little (laughs) bumblebee, they look like two giants in the ring. Like, it was kind of impressive, just these two really big guys like duking it out you know because everyone else really does look like tiny compared to them Mm -hmm. so like that was cool because i don't really i don't think i've ever seen a match where i got the feeling that like yeah like these two dudes
0: are like superheroes Mm -hmm. compared
1: to everyone else here yeah
0: yeah i mean they and that's another reason why I think Vince has always kind of uh, exaggerated the weights and the heights a little bit. It just, you hear it, and then you're watching it, and it's yeah. like, you get invested in it, you just accept, oh yeah, he's, he's yeah, like, yeah, he's 7'5", no he's big seven deal. He's five and almost like 600 pounds, <laughs> right. you know, and Hogan is like 6'8", you hear that, oh, that's a big fucking guy too, right. you know, so. But even 6'6", six six is taller than me, so. Yeah, yeah. There have been a few times throughout the history of wrestling where Vince has decided that they're going to do, like, actual height and weight, and then he's just, he'll just show up one day, basically, and say, all right, we're, no, we're going back to the the exaggerated <laughs> weights again. It's I like... like
1: that, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't sound like it makes that much difference. Mm-hmm. Like, saying he's 6'8", when really he's 6'6", yeah. like... I don't know, but then again, sometimes height an inch is, like, fucking everything. That's true. Yeah. Like, people that are 5'10", I'm
0: like, you're kind of (laughs) short. Yeah. Yeah. But then you hear someone six foot tall... Yeah. Oh. But you're only dealing with, like, two inches difference. So it's... Yeah. So, um watching the two, you know, you, you get this superhero vibe from the main event. Yeah. And then what did you think of the Macho Man Steamboat match? I, uh only
1: because of, like, the four other matches that I've seen, I was able to immediately recognize why that match was different. Now, you know, well, like, we didn't, obviously. We only watched these two matches, so I can't say that, like, I know that this match was different from other matches on WrestleMania 3's bill. Mhm. But like it had the same pace, flow and like events, you know, as any match that I've seen like from the most current WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, it was the same. It, mm-hmm. There was the only thing different was like their uh I I don't know. Their finesse. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's not quite as finely tuned as the wrestling today. Right. They were but other than that it was all the same I
0: feel like. You did mention like when anytime Savage is coming off the top ropes. Yeah. It looks a little different than what you're used to now because people are so exaggerated and over the top with like the crazy shit that they can do. It's yeah. basically you're dealing with like gymnast yeah, you really at a point, are. you know, and, and all the insane flipping and such, like, I don't know if you've seen Charlotte do, like, a corkscrew salt. like, I think or, so,
1: she did one, like, didn't she do one during that, like, female elimination match yeah, at WrestleMania, so. mm-hmm. she did it into, like, three people, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I saw that, I mean, but she, she was a gymnast, like, her whole life, you uh-huh. know, so, it's like, when you're watching, the old stuff, you have to realize that they were breaking into new territory and they weren't lifelong gymnasts. Right. You know, they were just like, all right, let's try this now and kind like, of push the envelope. A yeah. Little bit. Cause now you've got, you know, dudes that are, and
1: ladies that are jumping off the top rope and are going like completely like horizontal mm-hmm. with the ground, Yeah. you know, and just like spread eagle. Yeah. And then like, landing on top of each other Mm -hmm. i mean like abdomen to abdomen like hitting each other and you watch wrestlemania 3 and you've got savage climbing the ropes and like just kind of like almost daintily like sort of stepping off the rope he doesn't even bend his knees and jump yeah he just sort of kind of steps off and then like he'll like slap steamboat in the face Mm -hmm. it's not even the elbow drop and everything is kind of like he hits the ground then gets down on his knees then kind of like with Mm -hmm. the elbow you know so the the
0: impact of the top rope is far less
1: impressive
0: one other thing to keep in mind when you're looking at wrestling from back then compared to now is the ropes are much tighter now than they used to be oh yeah yeah so you you can get more leverage to Mm -hmm. So I don't know if a lot of the moves that you see guys doing today would have even, you know, have been possible working with those type of ropes that were more bouncy, not like bouncy in a good way, but flimsier, I guess is what I'm thinking of.
1: But, but then, you know, that
0: brings into play
1: that they sort of use the ropes as like slingshots Mm -hmm. more often. Yeah. Like you can see it, especially in the, in the Savage Dragon match, um, they're constantly, like, pushing each other against the ropes, expecting them to, like, fling forward. Yeah. Or grabbing body parts and, like, bouncing it off the ropes, (laughs) you know, as if, like, it's going to hyperextend or something. Yeah. Even when uh, Savage gets tied up in the ropes, Mm -hmm. like, I actually, however he did that, you know, because Steamboat throws him into the ropes and then it like the the finesse of that particular move yeah you know of course after a, just get done <laughs> saying that they didn't have a lot of finesse but of that particular I move mean, he wraps his arms up like yeah i mean it's the smoothest transition i
0: think it's like when he bounces back the arms go over the top ropes yeah fall down beneath the middle rope and, and then, then pull up yeah but so it's just like
1: in. the way he did it. Yeah, you know, it really made it seem like you know the force of steamboat pushing him was what got him wrapped up. Yeah, and it was really cool. And obviously, yeah. uh what were they called? His steamboat's arm. Oh, the
0: arm drag. Arm drag. Yeah. yeah, that was. Which it it would be tough to find someone even today who does it better than he did back then. Yeah. So that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Yeah. The arm drag was cool. Which is neat when someone can do like a very basic move so well that it's still impressive. You yeah. Know? It's pretty neat. So, um, yeah. Good little WrestleMania viewing. What would you say if you were, you know, if you were there, what do you think you would have been more hyped about? If I was there? Yeah. I don't know. Like if
1: I, if I, if I was the same fan that I am now, you know, had the same feelings, uh, but had been there. I think I would have been more excited for uh, the Steamboat Savage match. Um, because I like. It. I mean, even as not even before I was not a wrestling fan, or even before I was a fan at all, I liked Macho Man. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think he's funny. Yeah, like I think his voice is amazing.
0: <laughs> you know, I think his, his short. You you commented on his like. It was only maybe, like, 20 seconds yeah. of a promo before he came to the ring. But it's just perfect. It is. It is. It really is, like...
1: there were, I don't think... I mean, you know, for as little as I've seen, I don't know if there will ever be somebody who has, like, a more iconic voice mm-hmm. for wrestling promos than Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, it's just... his. I think his look is everything that wrestling is. Mm-hmm. His, like, full sequins, like, cloaks, but then a giant cowboy hat and sunglasses. Yeah. It's just... It is everything about wrestling. He is everything about wrestling.
0: Yeah. His his promos are just second to none. They were, I, I mean, mean, they really
1: are. I mean, I, even... I honestly felt like some of the promos in this were better than any promo I've seen
0: today. Well, it's because back then, I feel like they were even, and it's weird because you know, they hadn't come out and said like in public, yeah, this is just like a show. You know, most people knew, but still they hadn't really acknowledged it, you know, fully. Right. And so you had the company presenting these people, these Larger than life characters, in a way that was so over the top, you knew they couldn't possibly be like this in real life, but but they did it, and it feels believable when you're watching it. Oh yeah, because they're operating inside of this strange world of wrestling, where yeah, this is how people are. Yeah, in, in professional wrestling. Yeah, it's just, and now I think that because it's it's out in the open that. It's just like any other TV show you watch. Um, Ironically, they've tried to make the characters more realistic. Even though they're out with the fact that it's not real, they've tried to go in a direction where, you know, they really tone it down. You don't see many people doing promos like they used to in the old days. No, like, even,
1: you know, for as much as, like... I mean, I don't know. I I think as little as I've seen, I thought, you know, I know CM Punk was like a big one on the mic. He was mm-hmm. always really good on the mic. Yeah. But like, you know, and I'm only basing this off of the fact that he has been in a variety of movies. But like, I am, after seeing Savage and even Ricky... And uh, Hogan's promos, mm-hmm. I'm like not impressed by John Cena on the mic. Really, like, yeah, you know, he's just kind of. Well, it's because he's
0: he's, it's John Cena. Yeah, he's you know, John Cena. Like, like you you imagine that. I mean, he definitely is talented. He's got yeah his thing that he's probably their biggest star since you know. Like The Rock and yeah and Austin and, and right guys. Goldberg yeah, so he connects with people in a way that you know that is special. He's got it yeah, but it's not it's not like no one else could be John Cena. Yeah, he's just he's kind of like a dude who's very passionate about his beliefs and like never give up and right. you know it's a good message and all that stuff, but. But when you think of these 80s dudes, like, no one can step in there and be Hulk Hogan. No. Or Macho Man or the Ultimate yeah. Warrior. Like, they're just them. Uh huh.
1: 100%. And so. You know, and I think even compared, I, I you know, some of the ones that you just mentioned, like, I think you're right. Like, uh, there's there could be a million Cenas. Mm. Like, Cena is Cena. And then you've got, uh, who's the who's the phenomenal one? Oh, AJ Styles. I mean, like, I like AJ Styles and everything, mm-hmm. but he could also be a Cena, you know? Yeah. Like, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, your Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. kind of a Cena. Yeah. Like, they're you know, they're all kind of, like, the same, but even back in you know, I I assume, like, the 90s or early 2000s, there will never be another, like, rock. No. Like, the rock is the fucking rock. Yeah, same with Austin. Austin is Austin, Goldberg is Goldberg. There, you know, there can be other dudes that, like, fill that muscular void. You know, they they fill that, like, image Mm -hmm. or whatever. There's never going to be, like, another Undertaker. Yeah. Like,
0: he's the fucking Undertaker, Mm -hmm. you know. As far as, like, characters go... I feel like the closest you get to that level of uniqueness now is maybe, like, Bray Wyatt. With the Wyatt family stuff. Yeah. I mean, he he feels like one of those older model of characters where this guy definitely has his own thing going on. He's not just, like, a really good athlete. Right. He's got that other thing about him, Uh you know. And, uh... Yeah, And I think, you know, I think, like, the New Day
1: mm-hmm. has a thing going for them. Yeah. It may They might not, like, go down in history
0: or anything, but at least they, like, stand out. Well, they are the... They did get the record for longest-reigning tag team champions of all time. Did they? Yeah. I mean, like... So it's... But, yeah, I mean, um... Well, I, I think what we're talking about is more of, like, the character side of things, not necessarily even how good people are in the ring. Right. Because the Hogan... Andre the Giant match, like, they're not doing anything. They really
1: aren't. I mean, honestly, it's quite a boring match. Yeah, but it's the the story of it. Yeah, it's everything that comes up to it. You watch the whole match just to
0: see Hogan body slam Andre. Yeah, because they tease it at the very beginning, and you think, He'll never do it. Yeah. He can't do it. He he hurt himself. Right. You know?
1: He can't do it right at the beginning, and then he tries to do it again outside the ring on the concrete. Yeah. And he can't do it. Right. And, you know, you're right. Like, even I knew it was coming. Like, that's an iconic moment that I even knew about. Yeah. But even watching it, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome when he does it. Mm -hmm. And it's really, like, it's impressive, obviously, because Andre is such a, is so large. Yeah. But it's not like he fucking lifts him over his head or anything. He's sort of just, like... Tips him over.
0: Scoop slam. Yeah. But still I he did hurt his back doing that. Really? Yeah. In real life. IRL.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it is. It's like impressive, and you're just like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even like Hulk Hogan that much. But I'm just like, Whoa, yes, Hulk Hogan.
0: Well, I was I was thinking about that, like, watching this, and you see him coming out, and it's like that that version of Hulk Hogan embodies like everything that makes you wanna just like America Yeah. Fuck yeah, you know well, just, like his whole theme song
1: about yeah. I am a real American Yeah. It's like yes Fight for the rights of every man like, like fuck yeah Hogan yeah. Team American, America
0: American flags and
1: Yeah. Yeah. But so. it's, it's it's cool. I actually uh, I dug the 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 old stuff.
0: Yeah. It's fun. I loved. Uh, I loved Piper's intensity because they show like a few clips. Oh from yeah, yeah. Piper's pit, which was like his his show that he would do like uh-huh. on wrestling shows sometimes, his interview program. He's just like screaming. Nonstop.
1: Are you or are you not <laughs> going to wrestle Andre the Giant? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. It was cool to see. It was even for a second. It was cool to see Piper mm-hmm. like in his prime, in his heyday. Yeah. You know, um, I noticed. I recognized Jake the Snake because mm-hmm. I know. I think Jesse like has his autograph in her booth, or you have it in the room. Or I've something. got one. Yeah, right there. Yeah, the Hall of Fame picture. Recognized him. Yeah, standing next to Alice Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Alice Cooper's just like. You know, Jake the Snake's like, uh, he's talking about the honky tonk kid or whatever. Honky tonk man. Honky tonk man. He's just like, the honky tonk man ain't never gonna, like, hit me again. Like, I'll take you down. And then they're just like, and Alice, what do you think about that? He's just like, well, you know, this is my hometown, and uh, it's the birthplace of rock and roll, so uh, I'm gonna be in Jake's corner tonight, and uh, everything's gonna go really well. I'm just like, what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> just very, very, like, Soft-spoken and and proper, and just like I feel like this whole get-up, this
1: whole thing, and I feel like every fucking metal star is like that. Like you hear how Marilyn Manson is just like a very proper Mm -hmm. dude, and you know will like just talk, and he's like fine and everything. And just seeing Alice Cooper like that, it's so funny. Yeah,
0: it was so funny. There was a bit of controversy with Jake the Snake back in the day. Because when they first started building him up, they wanted him to be like the next big bad guy. And they were going to put him, um, I believe it was going to be Hogan versus Jake the Snake at WrestleMania 3. Mm-hmm. And what happened is they, they like had them start going at it a little bit. And people loved Jake the Snake. Like he was a bad guy. And back then, it was really weird. For fans to like cheer a bad guy, it well, just yeah, didn't you happen too much, right?
1: You notice like uh, when somebody, like when Andre came out mm-hmm. to the ring, people throw. Threw trash at him. Yeah. Like, he was the bad guy. He was yeah. the challenger. No one likes the challenger. Mm-hmm. Hogan comes out, and and the whole stadium is like, yep. Yeah. Because he already has the title. Right. He won, so we like him. Mm-hmm. Same with... Uh, it was the same thing with um, the other match.
0: With the steamboat and yeah. Savage. Like, I don't think anybody threw any trash at the beginning. Not the beginning, no. he Savage was... More of a bad guy, though. Yeah. So, but the reaction is amplified when when Savage loses. You know, right? It's like, s- yeah, that's as, right.
1: Yeah, as soon as he loses, they're just like, "Told you, like, yeah. fuck you," and they start throwing trash at him yeah. while he, you know, is like going back on the little cart, yeah. the little wrestling, the mini ring, yeah, cart. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because like nowadays, I know you know I know like they just like. I don't know, everyone hates Roman Reigns, but they keep trying to push him as a face, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. And, like, because I've heard you say, like, countless times, like, if they would just make Roman Reigns a heel, Mm -hmm. it would make total sense. Yeah, and
0: then people would actually probably start cheering him. Right. But it's because they've tried to, no, he's your good guy, you know, and it's been like three years. And he gets, like, the loudest boos out of anyone. Yeah. Even worse than, like, who's the guy who's supposed to be their monster right now, like Braun Strowman. Oh, yeah, I know that, dude. Yeah. But he just beats the shit out of Roman Reigns, and the place is going wild for him, you know? <laughs> so it's, like, the exact opposite of what it used to be. But I guess, you know, back then, Vince cut that off real quick because they did one show where Jake did his... Uh, his finisher, the DDT, I don't know if you know what that move is, you like get them in a headlock basically and then you drive their head into the mat. You just fall backwards and they okay. and their head goes into the mat and, and knocks them out or whatever. Uh-huh. But he did that to Hogan one time at like some television taping and the place like went wild for Jake the Snake and he was like, no, no, and like pulled the plug on their feud immediately. And right. that's when I think he went and got Andre to do uh-huh. this match. So, huh, because Hogan was you know the cash cow, right? No one touched him in sales, merch sales, ticket sales, whatever back then. So, yeah, that's interesting.
1: (coughs) Yeah, that was that was cool. I'd want to watch more.
0: Yeah, I want to see Ultimate Warrior wrestle. We'll have to do. We should do the Warrior-Hogan match. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. I mean, again, not from a technical standpoint, uh-huh. but the build-up and everything is wonderful. And then they did a sequel to that match in WCW in, like, the late 90s, and it was, like, one of the worst things ever. <laughs> so it was really disappointing. And, uh, yeah, i I thought uh, I thought the dragon,
1: the ricky the dragon and macho man was a pretty cool match Mm -hmm. and it like you know macho man being such an icon and really somebody that i liked even not liking wrestling um but him being such an icon uh but then seeing him wrestle like that Mm -hmm. and versus seeing what hogan and andre do yeah it's just like all right like not only is Macho Man the shit because he's a cultural icon, but, like, he fucking was the shit yeah. in the ring. Yeah. Like, he was good. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. He kept up with Ricky the Dragon, and Ricky yeah. the Dragon kept up with him, and, like, their match changed the course of wrestling.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's cool because you get that appreciation, and in a way you can see, like the two different aspects of wrestling and why people watch it, you know, and you've got, I I like both, you know, some people are like completely all in on the matches and they don't give a goddamn about any of the story or they don't want to hear people talk, all that stuff. I like watching for both reasons, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's neat to see on the same card, you know, from that era anyway, to, uh, well, a group of people who were, like, at the top of their game and as far as, like, getting the crowd into it in two very different ways because the place was totally hot for both matches, you know, people were on their feet the entire time, especially near the end, so, yeah. It's a little different than watching now a lot of times. I think that these days there's so much wrestling that people have access to and you can watch it whenever you want to. Um, that sometimes you get a lot more of that filler type stuff, mm-hmm. and people aren't as into it. And you know, I immediately
1: felt like I don't know. I was like immediately more invested in like this mm-hmm. somehow. Like it just maybe it's because these these characters and these wrestlers have gone. You know, I knew them yeah. before because they were, you know, so popular. But, I don't know. Like, compared to some of the stuff that I've seen now, it's just kind of
0: like, you know. Even though, like, know. even though today's production is great. And yeah. Like, you know, they put a nice polish on it. When you watch the older stuff, it, it still feels bigger to me it's, a lot it's, of times. Yeah, it seems...
1: Like, well, and we already kind of touched on this, but it seems so much more genuine. Yeah, even like, though
0: you know it's an act, it has to be. And somehow,
1: know. though, like you know, what I thought of, what I thought about during all the promos was, I was just like, they are flawlessly delivering their lines, mm-hmm. and like I thought about it from a acting standpoint, I was like, these dudes probably sat around and rehearsed this monologue Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over, and it just, like, comes out line after line after line, and it just hits you. Mm -hmm. And then some of the promos I've seen today, you know, are like... It's like talking to NASCAR drivers. Yeah. Well, you know, I just... uh, you just got him in the the corner of the ring and mm-hmm. uh, just you know get him with that uh, that German suplex. Mm-hmm. Got that German suplex in there, and mm-hmm. I really just you know I tried to take him down. Yeah. I had to take him down. And it's like yeah, yeah, and Hulk is just like yeah. the whole time for like two minutes straight. He's
0: just the veins are just popping out of his face. Well, I'm pretty sure that like all the Warriors promos, he used to just. It was off the top of his head. Really? So there, and and I've heard that that's kind of a complaint of a lot of the guys now, is that their promos are too scripted. So really? they have they have a team of writers, right? You know, like any other show, only it's like overly micromanaged. So like every single word is spelled out, and then they're given the script for these promos where they go to the ring after having sat with this stuff for, like, maybe a couple hours, and then they have to deliver that very robotic promo they're given. Right. With not really, you know, with no heart behind it or anything. You well, know? maybe that's why.
1: Like, I would be so incredibly impressed if the promos we watched tonight were were ad-libbed. hmm Like, if that's the case, that was... Because there was no pause. Yeah. There was no time to think... And there was not a whole lot of like, okay, I need to say the same thing again. Or like, I forgot I already said this, yeah. so I'm saying it again. I think
0: they used to give them kind of bullet points. Uhhuh. There's like, you need to hit, hit this, this and this and this. But then they would let the character say it in their own way. As opposed to trying to have a writer yeah. write it the way they think the character would say it. Well, that's what's missing so, from missing from wrestling. A lot of people feel the same way. Stone Cold talked about that on on one of his podcasts uh, when he had, I can't remember who he had on his show, but um, he was talking about, like, back when he was wrestling, how even sometimes he would break away from what they told him to say if he knew it was going to connect with the crowd, and then he'd Uh just, he'd take them getting pissed about it later and be like, yeah, but can you argue with my results, you know, so... Yeah. The old world of pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. It's a very strange place. Yeah. A very strange universe. <laughs> but that was
1: that was pretty cool. I think um, we need to. We should. You know, a future a future
0: cast should be a, a whole. We'll sit down and do a whole mania. It really like when I go back and, and check out the old wrestling programs. Like, I watched a little bit here and there, but it makes me sad that I wasn't, like, gung-ho wrestling fan like Lazarus is when I was his age, Uh because I would have, you know, this would have been, I wouldn't have been old enough to, like, really understand what was going on when this happened, but by WrestleMania 4 or 5, you know, I could have been really into it. Right. It was just, I wasn't, I didn't have uh, any friends. Who were like exposing me to it and my But we have a friend now who was at WrestleMania 3. We do. Which is pretty fucking cool, honestly. Our friend Andrew, he was there. (laughs) Which is just like I
1: now I'm just like ridiculously jealous. I'm like (laughs) he saw Hulk Hogan body slam fucking Andre the Giant in real life. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Andrew, I hope you listen to this
0: and uh that's fucking awesome that you were there. March twenty ninth, nineteen eighty seven. The Pontiac Silverdome. Two years before I was born. I would have been uh like one and a half. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty cool. So what else is up? Anything? Mm.
1: Um, I watched this movie the other day called The Holy Mountain. It's by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Um, it was fucking, man. What kind of movie was it, a horror movie? No. No? It's like, uh, Jodorowsky is a direct influence and even, like, close friends with... Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn mm-hmm. okay, so his movies are kind of like Refn's mm-hmm. and then he also was supposed to originally direct Dune and oh. then they gave it to David Lynch so the three of them all kind of like make sort of the same, kind of the same-ish movies yeah. so just to give you an idea of what Jodorowsky is like yeah. But I, I don't know where he's from, but most of his movies, I've seen two of them. They take place, like, in Mexico. Okay. So I think he is of Spanish descent. Um, I, like, I can't even begin to really tell you. There's three acts of the film, basically, that you, you determine yourself. The first one is, like, about this Jesus-type character uh it's very it's a very symbolic movie Mm -hmm. so it's like a character that's kind of supposed to be jesus basically just like it's him just sort of like waking up in a ditch and then uh, i don't know going around (laughs) the city you know like at one point they like these roman guards like get him drunk and then they like plaster cast his body and then they make, like, a, like hundreds and hundreds of, like, models mm-hmm. of him. And then, like, tie him to a cross. And so he wakes up and, like, freaks out and gets off the cross and, like, destroys all of these other images of himself. But then, like, picks one and carries it around for a while. At one point, he's, like, being followed by, like, prostitute nuns while, like, These soldiers dance with these civilians. And then he, like, eats the face of the false image of Jesus. Hmm. (laughs) So then, eventually, he, like... There's this obelisk in, like, the middle of the city. And a giant hook comes down from it. And he, like, escapes onto the hook. And gets raised up to the top of this obelisk where he finds Raiden from Mortal Kombat. (laughs) And... They fight, he gets defeated, and then they, like, remove a tumor from his neck. And then he becomes the master's apprentice. Then he finds out that, um, he, his poop can turn into gold. He, like, shits in a bowl, and then they, like, burn it. And he, like, sits in this pod that's connected to it, so, like, the smoke from his burning shit like, fills this pod that he's sitting in. And then his poop turns to gold. And then they decide that they're going to take they're going to travel to the Holy Mountain and find the nine immortals. But before that, they have to gather together a team. So they're going to get a team of the nine most influential people in the world. So, like, okay, act one. (laughs) Okay. And then act two is, like, the longest segment of the film. And it's literally just, like, each member of the team, like, introducing themselves. And there's, like, a 15-minute segment about, like, what they do and la-di-da. So it ends up being, like, an hour segment or so. But it's just, like, one guy... Like, owns this factory where he makes masks that have the same look and feel as, like, human skin. And he has, like, a shitload of wives. And the company is owned by his father who makes decisions by, like, fondling his wife's (laughs) mummy. What? (laughs) And then, like... There's, like, another woman that, like, makes, in a different character, she, like, makes weapons for the revolution, and, uh, there's, like, this dude who is the treasurer for, like, the president, and there's the police chief who, like, has a sanctuary filled with a thousand testicles, they, like, hmm. murder a bunch of people and pull food out of their bodies. Okay. So this whole second act is the introduction of the team, Yeah. basically, the Avengers. Right. Um, a robot also gives birth at one point. Um, that's one of the artists. One of the dudes is an artist. Anyways, third act, okay, is they all... Now they're a team... So they have to follow the master to the holy mountain and along the way they have to like become one, like one being or whatever. So they have, they all like burn images of themselves the same, like as the Jesus character did earlier, same like cast thing. Yeah. They like burn images of themselves and they burn all their money and then they like go on this journey. And they cross an ocean, and then they get to, like, where the Holy Mountain is, and they get sidetracked by this guy in Lederhosen, and then they decide, they're like, okay, we're almost there, we just have to, like, climb the mountain. Oh, they also run into a guy who can teleport, Mm -hmm. but he can only teleport horizontally, so he says, like, they're like, oh, we're going to the top of the Holy Mountain. And he's like, fuck that, I'll just teleport to the Holy Mountain. And he teleports through it and back, and then he's just like, see? Like, I, I conquered the Holy Mountain. Like I and they're just like, no, dude, you have to go to the top. And he's like, oh, I can only teleport horizontally. <laughs> like, it's almost over. Yeah. So then they, like, start ascending the Holy Mountain. Okay. They all face hallucinations of their own death, which include and are not limited to one guy who is just covered in tarantulas, like, no big deal, and another guy who is being sprayed in the face with milk from a naked man who has a half-bearded face, half-shaven, and he is spraying the milk... From two jaguar heads that he's holding on his chest. And he's just like... And it's just drowning this guy Uh in like, you know... So he drowns in... In in jaguar jaguar milk. Face, breast milk. I really wish you would have watched my Snapchat story. Anyways, they make it to the top of the Holy Mountain... They see the nine immortals sitting at their table, you know, across the way. The master just like, they get there and he's just like, peace, I'm out. And he's just like, meditate right here for three hours and then go attack them. So he leaves and the first apprentice, the Jesus apprentice, goes with him. And then he's just like, you're a master now, cut my head off. So the Jesus character, there's a conveniently placed sword, Mm -hmm. very convenient, and it's huge. (laughs) So he like picks it up and he's like, here, cut my head off. So he like swings the sword, but ends up just like cutting a sheep head instead of the master. But anyways, then they go and attack the immortals. And spoiler alert, the immortals don't exist. They're all just puppets that the master set up at this table. And then they all sit at the table after they have a nice laugh about it. And the master goes, we were questing for immortality, but what we truly found was mortality. And that is the most precious gift one can have. And reality is fleeting But, this isn't reality, and we are not mortal, and we will live on forever, because this isn't reality. And then he looks, and he goes, he addresses the camera, Mm -hmm. and he says, camera back, and the camera, like, pans back, and then you see, like, all the crew, and the scaffolding, and stuff, and, like, other cameras, and then they switch to another camera, and he turns to the camera, and he's just like... We are all things, we are all just pictures and blah, blah, blah. and then they flip the table and the movie's over. So it's like the ending of Monty Python and the whole grail. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that. It's really worth watching. Hmm. I'm surprised Kyle has like never showed it to you because he was commenting on my Facebook when I posted I was watching it. What
0: year did it come out? I don't know. I think it came out in the 70s. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, I was imagining like all this elaborate like CGI and shit no. when you're... Okay. No. An it's very movie. all pra- It's seen all practical effects. Oh. Completely.
1: Uh, some poorly done practical effects. But also it's like a very pretty
0: movie. When you were talking about like the Jaguar milk, I was envisioning like the Beowulf animation <laughs> like <laughs> no just like i mean,
1: really i'm talking like picture a stuffed animal jaguar yeah cut the head off of it and the neck so then and then he's holding on to the neck just with these stuffed animals on his boobs like Aah! and the other guy's like they're just spraying milk in his face only out of one too yeah like he has two but he's only spraying out of one It's, like, it's a thing. Okay. It's it's a... The other one that Jodorowsky has done that I've seen and saw previously is called Santa Sangri. And it's about, like, a boy who grows up in the circus and his father, like, cuts his mother's arms off. And so then he has, like, a vendetta against circus performers. So he grows up in a mental institution, but then escapes uh finds his mom and then like they tr- they try to like track down all the people that were part of the circus and they like try to kill them all. It's a it's m- a little bit more straightforward but it's also super weird because she doesn't have arms. Mm-hmm. So they do that whole act where it's like a person stands behind you and does your arms for you. Yeah. But she has like this supernatural control over his arms. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if it's supernatural or he's just like a mama's boy. Yeah. You know? But he like, she like forces him to kill people with her arms, even though they're his arms because they're attached to his body. Jodorowsky's weird. Sounds like it. Apparently El Topo is like his his big big uh, crowning achievement. My friend Arya is we swap movies all the time because she and Cody live like just a couple doors down from us or whatever um so she's big into lynch and rosky and i'm not so
0: cerebral yeah i'm just like give me a slasher movie <laughs> oh. does cody like those movies cody hates them does he yeah <laughs> <laughs> So
1: does Lindsay. Yeah. Like, I I explained Holy Mountain to her pretty much the same way I did with you. And then I showed her, like, my Snapchat story. And it cuts off, like, before the, the very ending uh, where they, like, flip the table and everything. And so I, like, told her about it and she just goes, I fucking hate that. <laughs> and she was like, I'm so fucking glad I didn't watch that with you. And I was like, well, probably, Yeah. <laughs> We watched something else, yeah. Oh, we watched uh, Spring Breakers, too, um, which was that crazy movie with James Franco and Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens. I don't, I don't know. You don't know about Spring Breakers? Well, it was okay. directed by this dude, Harmony Korine, who is from, like, Xenia. Uh-huh. And he also directed this movie called Gummo. Oh, I've seen Gummo. Okay, I know Gummo. So, say, all right, I haven't seen Gummo yet. Oh, okay. Well, you're in for a treat. I know, ever... I know of Gummo.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so Harmony Corrine directed Gummo, and like literally the only other thing he's done besides write a movie called Kids is Spring Breakers. So we went from Gummo to a movie with James Franco, Selena Gomez, and Vanessa Hudgens. It's actually, like, it's one of those movies that the preview, like, does it no justice. The preview makes it seem like a coherent, straightforward movie, and it's not. It's a very art house like, we're gonna repeat the same thing over and over and over, you know? Like, I can't tell you how many times James Franco goes, spring break, (laughs) like, in the movie. Uh Uh-huh. Just... They just play it, like, on loop. There's, like, a short monologue, like, You're never gonna get out of here. You're always gonna wanna live here. This is the greatest place in the world.
0: Spring break. (laughs) Like, it's... (laughs) Uh, Is it a comedy? No,
1: it's, like, four girls go down to Florida for spring break and get caught up in drugs and crime Mm. and franco is a rapper
0: who like facilitates this life of crime okay because it sounds like spring breakers yeah just sounds like one of those it sounds like a
1: party movie yeah yeah it sounds like a comedy But in the preview, like, you you know, it shows them with guns a couple times. So you're like, oh, this is going to be like a fucking party movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, some shit happens eventually. But, like, it's (sighs) a party movie. It's, like, not. Like, a lot of people, the reviews on it are really bad. And a lot of people hate it. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, the preview tricks you into going to see an art house movie. Yeah. Like, it's an art film. It's not... Not big-budget Hollywood right. It's not a big-budget Hollywood anything. Yeah. It's a fucking art film, and the preview does not make it look like that at all. Both Lindsay and I rather enjoyed it, though. Like, yeah. it's, it's interesting. It's worth checking out. I loved the end. Like, the last segment yeah. is fucking awesome. But that's really... I know that's not... It's not 80s people but no. we that's okay yeah no no no. that's that's pretty much all that else that's been going on and i've been uh lindsey has never seen any of the alien movies except for the first one she's never seen predator she's never seen prometheus she's never seen alien versus predator so, like i don't fucking know how i have no idea so we watched alien 2 Two days ago, yesterday we watched uh, most of Alien Three. We're gonna finish it tonight. What were her thoughts on Aliens? Uh, too action-y. She didn't like it as quite as much. She loved the Queen. Yeah. But that's why you watch that movie. She said otherwise is a little, is a little too just straightforward action. She wants the horror yeah. out of Alien, and I was like, well, you'll like Alien Three, mm-hmm. which upon rewatching, I very much enjoy.
0: And probably enjoy the new one when it comes out. Oh my god, I cannot wait for Covenant. Oh shit, it but looks I, so good. I still need to watch Prometheus. Really? I haven't oh. checked it out yet. Uh, I have it. Ellie it. Okay. Oh, did you get a chance to watch... Uh, no. No. What? Nothing else from the hughes universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I
1: didn't watch any
0: uh, he,
1: uh, John Hughes-v's. <laughs> I haven't been able to. Well, I I, I did Spring Breakers in yeah. Holy Mountain, um, and God lover Lindsay was not a hundred percent down to watch Breakfast Club. Or, Such like,
0: a disappointment.
1: Or uh, I don't get 16 it. Sixteen Candles. <laughs> yeah. So probably like this coming Monday and Tuesday yeah. when I get off work at like two o'clock, that's probably what I'll, I'll go home and watch them. Because I don't have anything else from Arya right now, except for Amelie. That'll be
0: a good time.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to watch Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's I'm going to connect with that one at least. Yeah,
0: it's hard not to. Yeah, because
1: there's I mean there's literally like every stereotypical yeah. teenager in it. So you, you gotta, got something for everyone.
0: Yeah. So. Well. I suppose that probably about wraps it up for this week, eh? Yeah, I, I would say so. Alright, well, um, chefs, hang out for a minute and we'll, uh, we'll play you guys off. Yeah, and, and then after we play you off, we'll, we'll see you in the outro. Did you enjoy chefs? I enjoyed chef. No. You wouldn't I wouldn't do, do a cooking show at all. You wouldn't all. do any cooking show? No. You wouldn't go on Chopped? Nope. Against, like, people who were of comparable... Uh, no, because
1: every time I watch Chopped, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, I don't know what foie gras is. <laughs> you
0: know? What if it was, like, Chopped and there was, like, a cap on... Like, the experience level that
1: you could have. Yeah, but same kind of thing. Like, I have 10 years of experience in a retirement home. So, 10 years of experience in a retirement home versus 10 years of experience in a two-star restaurant. What if it
0: was chopped retirement home version? Then maybe I'd do it. And you were only (laughs) battling other retirement home cooks. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But then, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. I think you could do it. Probably. You made those... The crab cakes. Yeah,
1: those are good. I do a good job. I know, but like a lot of times, Master Chef, chopped like anything where it's like a home, somebody that cooks at home normally. Yeah, or cooks in a smaller restaurant or something. Every time I'm just like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I can't do
0: that. Would you battle Guy Fieri? Oh, probably. Yeah, Yeah. I think you take him down. Beat Guy Fieri um well chefs uh thanks for tuning in this week we realized last week that we were supposed to have a pizza party and i think as punishment that we should have to wait until episode 90 oh my god yeah
1: but yeah guess so.
0: i think that's a good slap on the wrist with the ruler you know all about that right sure they don't really do
1: that no not in catholic schools no not anymore. Unfortunately.
0: It's a stereotype that's passed away. Yep. Um Yeah, episode 90, we'll do a pizza party because we missed our chance. Pathetic. Every thirty episodes and we missed it. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys have to wait sixty episodes to hear us
1: eat pizza while we talk to you.
0: <laughs> for all of you out there who've just been waiting for the waiting. pizza party. Yeah. Tough <laughs> Episode 90. <laughs> Stay tuned.
1: And but uh, up until episode 90, um, you can look us up all over social media. Nick, where can they find
0: us on social media? Facebook.com slash superdivorce. Instagram at superdivorceband. Twitter at superdivorce and Snapchat superdivorce. And then at superdivorceme.com, you can uh, stop on by our mother base there. And we have plastered right on the front of the page a teaser clip. Teaser clip, video clip it of a song in demo version from our upcoming album that we're going to be recording starting next month. And uh, we're going to be releasing a new teaser video every week until the album is released. Woo! Woo! (laughs) So do that. And then also sign up for our email list, and you'll get a free demo track, a full demo track song, electronic demo. It's not just acoustic now, so you can... It's super good. It. And uh, then you can let us know what you're thinking on it and all that stuff. Yeah. And then if you want to get in touch with me on on social media there, wherever you go, you can look up Nicholas Villars and see if I'm uh, hanging out or not. And you can find me on Instagram at
1: Bender. But,
0: yep, that's it. That's all. And, um, hey, what do we want to talk about next week? What's going on next week? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what's going on next week. Something good launching point for some shit to discuss. I'm looking around, looking around my office here, seeing if I can see something. What do you think? Do you
1: want to do another... Um, we did Transformers. Do you want to do another cartoon series? Yeah. Um, Is there yeah. Was there anything else that
0: had, a, like, a movie? I mean, Turtles. Yeah. They didn't have an animated film, but they had the old live action. Was that from the 80s? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that was 88 or 89. Uh, we could do, like, the first...
1: 10 episodes or something. I think Thundercats and He-Man are both
0: available streaming somewhere. He-Man might be fun. I've never seen anything from He-Man. I'm pretty sure He-Man is on... It's either on Amazon or Hulu? Yeah, it's on one of them. It just got put on one of them. Okay, why don't we... um, Why don't we do He-Man then?
1: Yeah, like at least... The first ten episodes or something. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll... Ch- I'll have to look at it, see how many are in,
0: like, a season. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do season one. Okay. We'll check it out. They made a shit ton of episodes for that show, though, so I don't... Yeah, like,
1: remember. sometimes season one is, like, 15 episodes, <laughs> and then sometimes it's, like, 45 right. episodes. You never know with cartoons. We'll find... We'll find out. Yeah. We'll <laughs> do figure. some He-Man. Some He-Man. <laughs> okay. It's settled. So, uh, we'll see you next week, then. Enjoy, chefs. Divorce.